In this episode of Cellulose Phrase brought to you by Doof Doof Music. Doof Doof Music. The music you listen to when you want to doof. Doof 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 Hello, dear listener, and welcome. Cullen had a problem and a microphone to spare. Thomas took it up, and so the podcast went to air. For weeks and months, they trolled through every single DVD. They've unwrapped all the ones they can, and now they're cellulose free. Now they're cellulose free. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Cellulose Free. My name is Colin, and with me, as always, is my fellow film watcher, compadre, and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What have you been up to? Um, playing video games. Yeah. 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 Sleeping poorly. Good. Blaseball came back and is a lot less complicated right now. Good. Which is nice. Yeah, I. Good. Yeah, that's right. That's about it, really. Um, I noticed that you had a controller in your hand earlier, but you were looking at your iPad screen. Yes, I was controlling the Xbox. Good. Yep. Yeah, technology. Uh, I don't understand it. No reason to disturb anyone else who's in the lounge room. That's right, there isn't. What have I been up to? Oh, there was, there <laughs> was one other thing I did last week. There was. was Jinx things. You did. You destroyed the hot water cylinder. I did. Yep. My fault. Yes. So we had the electrician come in and put conduit over the power cord to the hot water cylinder. Look, um, just so we're on the same page, I don't know how it is in other countries where our dear listeners are from, but in Australia, most houses have a hot water cylinder, a big tank full of water with an electrode through the middle of it. Power heats up that electrode, which heats up the water inside the hot water cylinder. And when I was growing up, that hot water cylinder used to live in the middle of the house. So there was a hall cupboard and the cylinder would live in there. So if it happened to spring a leak, uh-huh. it would occur inside the house. But those olden day ones were built like tank and they'd last forever. Well, the the one in this house didn't last forever. And when they replaced it, the landlord did what everyone else does nowadays. And the hot water cylinder goes outside next to the house against the the wall of the house. So that's how it managed to have the uh, conduit whippersnippered. Anyway, so the electrician came in and then declared, hey, I've fixed the conduit, but your hot water cylinder is its on its way out. They do have a definite life, and this has well and truly gone over it. <laughs> it was yeah. leaking terribly. It had big bulges on the top of it, and it's all Thomas's fault. Yeah, entirely, yeah. entirely yeah. my fault. Um Oh, I, I also threw out a printer this week. You did? Yep. I had honestly forgotten that that printer was still in the house. No, it's been sitting there for a year or two, not being used. Yep. Uh, and that that is a good segue because there is a high chance that there will be weird noises going on in the background. Our local council has a yearly 
hard waste pickup where mm. you can stick things on your front lawn that are bigger than what you can stick in the weekly rubbish pickup and uh, a number of trucks come around and grab what each truck is assigned to collect assuming there's anything left exactly because um people rummage through as as soon as things are out on lawns cars and utility vehicles with trailers do the rounds and grab whatever they can that they can make money off i do worry about some of the people on our street one had their stuff out weeks ahead of (laughs) yes so this is our week Mm. And they've also announced that due to inclement weather in the last couple of weeks, they're a bit behind as well. And they advise not to put your stuff out until the week of your collection. But there's been stuff on on front lawns for a very long time. So if you hear weird clunking noises, it's somebody going through our hard waste uh, looking for electrical cables and anything copper and... Mm. um, (laughs) Is this saleable? Oh. Can, can we sell this? Well, they, yes. They they take all the power cords off things just to get the copper out of that one and a half metre length of power cord because it's all worth something. Mm. Hmm. Uh, they took a couple of irons. I'm not quite sure why they took the irons. So what was I doing? Mm. That's a great question. <laughs> I cleared around the hot water cylinder to make it easier for the plumber to get to. Uh, a little bit more and uh, I went for a walk today Uh and I'm feeling that but I managed to get a number of really good pictures in a local reserve that has just sprung up with lots of native orchids and Hmm. it was very nice Uh, there we go and then the weather turned nasty so I called the bus home right other than that gee what a thrilling life we lead um (laughs) We have a film to watch. We do. Speaking of the weather closing in, and, mm. uh, and what is that film? This film is Singing in the Rain. And why on earth did you chose this film? I did. Yes. Why I, did you choose it? I chose it because last week we watched a silent film, and this film is about the rise of talking pictures. Something that we're well and truly used to these days. Mm. such that it is somewhat strange watching silent pictures. Mm. Although, (laughs) for some reason, YouTube threw some at me during the week. and I can't think why that would be. No, I cannot think why that would be. (laughs) But uh, it actually chose some really good ones, Uh, some Buster Keaton. Right. Absolutely brilliant. In fact, the one that I watched, which was Haunted House, was made the same year as Nosferatu. Right. Yeah, a completely different style, and Buster Keaton is just such a physical actor and comedian, and yeah, well worth a look. I'll put a link in the show notes. Right. But yes, we've got distracted again. Back into the rain. Let's get back into the rain. What is it all about? Here is your one sentence. Silent movies are giving way to talking pictures. And a hoofer-turned-matinee idol is caught in that bumpy transition, as well as his buddy, prospective lady love, and Shurish co-star. Again, three different people there. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it a number of times, but it has been years since I've seen it. You've seen it a number of times, and again, it's been years. (laughs) But that's what we're going to watch today. The disc is already in the machine. 
It doesn't need flipping because it's in the right way. Hopefully it hasn't suffered from DVD rot, which is apparently raising its ugly head. So far I haven't come across any of our discs that are, no. ha- have been infected by the virus that makes the silver stuff just flake off. Mm. So we shall see. This disc is, is fairly old. It's been on the shelf for quite some time. So hopefully it makes it through. And if it does, we'll talk about it afterwards. Mm. But until then, we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Oh, that was quick. Oh, I wow. guess the podcast's over. We're done. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's it's the intermission. Ah. We'll see them in Act 2. Right. Yeah. On the, on the flip side. Yeah. Good. We have to turn around the backgrounds. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's get on with this, you mongrel. <laughs> So, what did you think? This is going to be a difficult one. There are some segments of this film that I really like and appreciate, and some segments that drag on and seem a bit out of place, which makes it very hard to form an overall opinion on the film. There's Thomas. Yes. <laughs> I was half expecting you to beat me to the, so what did you think? And you basically just said what I was going to say if the tables were turned. Mm. There are some key, wonderful set pieces in this, padded with meh. Yeah. Really long stretches of meh, uh, including some set pieces that are really, really long. Mm-hmm. And me. Now, there's a reason that there's bits that feel disconnected. Right. And for that, we need a little bit of context. Okay, do we do the... Let's go back in time. Yeah, yeah. So, Arthur Freed was a film producer. Mm-hmm. Lived from 1894 to 1973. And won two Academy Awards for Best Picture, both musicals. Mm-hmm. Musicals were his thing. Singing in the Rain, the original song is credited at the start as suggested, suggested by, by Singing yes. in the Rain. Okay, that was my first note. Mm. This film is almost entirely comprised of songs from previous Arthur Freed productions. Yes. Make Him Laugh is supposedly original, but is probably definitely plagiarised from some other show. Uh And Moses Supposes is almost certainly original. Mm -hmm. But the rest is pre-made, wasn't original to the film, Mm -hmm. Arthur Freed. And I think that goes some way to explaining the disconnect. It it does. (laughs) Trying to make a movie with songs from other movies can either work really, really well mm. and uh, make a lot of money yep. or not work. Mm. And my understanding is this was pretty much a flop when it was released. It was only much later on that it became, I guess, a darling of the critics' world. Mm. And it flipped to 
being a firm favourite to the extent that in any list of best films, this rates quite highly. So I, I was dreading if you, <laughs> if you had said, uh, so what did you think? Because I would have had to say that and feel, I guess, uncomfortable in knowing that I'm going against, or <laughs> we're going against, yeah. popular yeah. opinion. Um, I have some very, very favourite musicals, um, mm. and I have been in musicals myself. I've been in Gilbert and Sullivan stuff that <laughs> is absolutely marvellous to, to be in and to watch when done, done properly. I- uh, I was in two primary school musicals by an incredible coincidence. <laughs> Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat requires quite a large cast. It does. And the end result of that is that the primary school, which usually would only cast from years five and six, had to cast from year four as well. Yep. It was a big production. There was a very big coat. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then... Kids at Sea, in which I had a speaking role, mm-hmm. which is weird for a musical. <laughs> but there you go. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very much not against musicals. No. I this is just so variable. Um, mm. Okay, the set pieces, Singing in the Rain, absolutely brilliant, technically brilliant. The the staging, the camera work, just absolutely superb. Anything with Donald O'Connor in it. He and Gene Kelly, when they're together, are, are magic. Oh, yeah. Especially when they're dancing. I really, really enjoyed, you know, just absorbing their, their dance routines. But, ooh. Then there are other bits. Uh, look, okay, when I stopped making notes, okay, so I, did, I wrote Suggested by the Song. Mm-hmm. Pretty much immediately after the opening, there is a sequence where they're doing uh, vaudeville and, yep. and they're playing violins and, and dancing at the same time. And what they do to their knees is just absolutely... <laughs> my knees are aching from my walk today, but yeah. oh, look, I felt every moment of their they're, they're doing their squats and, and walking on their knees and things like that absolutely brilliant and then the last note that i wrote was pretty much the next song and dance i put in quotation marks was the beautiful girls segment and Uh, i said beautiful girls snore and it it just dragged everything down it does one thing for the plot uh, maybe two things it it tells you that people are making talking pictures yes and it reintroduces Kathy to Don. Yes. And it's very, very long for just doing those two Indeed. things. As I said, that was the, the last thing that I, I wrote. But that pales into insignificance compared to that last... Broadway big, melody? The Broadway melody. My goodness, that was long and dull. There's... <laughs> There's some interesting moments in there. I I like the coin toss motif. Yes. That's nice. The rest, not so much. Um, te- <laughs> technically, uh, the, the, the blowing veil uh, mm. dress 
part that that was technically that, that whole was, sequence yep. is, is fine well and, and you've got amazing camera movements oh, yeah. um when the camera's not wobbling but they are really really on the edge of what was capable of camera movement and mm. you've got cranes uh, yeah technically brilliant but it's just so so long and unnecessary <laughs> It doesn't, got, it doesn't do anything to no. the story. We have three dance numbers yeah. in that sequence yep. where nothing happens. Nothing. <laughs> including a very, very artsy bit. Yeah, it just felt like, oh, this film's only going to be an hour long. What are we going to do? <laughs> we need a really, really long <laughs> musical like, segment. Like, it's very beautiful. Yeah. I will give it that. Yeah. But, uh, but it doesn't do anything. I was fidgeting. I wasn't even tapping my feet. I noticed that there were segments where we were both tapping our feet. And uh, again, it was the, the Gene Kelly, uh, Donald O'Connor segments where you couldn't help no. but do that. Wasn't doing it in that long, long, long last big number. I wrote down two good jokes from uh, uh, Donald O'Connor as Cosmo Brown. Yeah. Okay, you're a cab. That's a good line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call me a cab. And then, at last I can start suffering and write that symphony, and immediately followed by, at last I can stop suffering and write that symphony. <laughs> it's very good. Make- uh, and, and yes, he, he was very much the comic relief, mm. and I could have done with more of him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Make him laugh, for all that it is apparently plagiarised from another show, and not willing to get into that, is a very good, very long bit of varied slapstick. Yes. With oh, the, the pratfalls that he puts himself through. Just absolutely amazing. Mm. The doll, the, the way he <laughs> just completely animated that, that rag doll. It was just, yeah. Moses supposes, supposedly the other original song mm-hmm. in the show, goes a bit long for my liking, yep. and is almost, but not quite, saved by the punchline of <laughs> holding up that Val A poster and saying, hey. yeah. We have some very nice uh, sausage being made bits where we're having microphone troubles very directional microphones of finicity and yeah what you're gonna do yep <laughs> and then synchronization problems are always funny they're just always funny <laughs> like you feel bad but they're always yeah. funny yep they really do like their tap dance sequences in this film it is very much of the era mm. um they have tried on a number of occasions to revive the tap dance as a part of a movie genre to not great success. But when done properly, it's phenomenal. (laughs) They're all very good tap dancers. There's just a lot of them. Yes. And I I need a little more variety, I think, than that. Here comes a wild tangent. Yes. Singing in the Rain Mm -hmm. brings up memories of a VHS that my grandparents had an ABC for Kids video hits okay. VHS, uh, which has a very funny take on Singing in the Rain. Musically, 
fairly straight take, but visually, it's a good one. I'll mm. um, I'll send you the link. Oh, there is a can... there is a YouTube. Yes. Uh, cool. All there right are, then. It's it's a few decades old now, <laughs> and that's VHS for you. That is. Uh, I'll send a link to you, and we can put that in show notes. We shall put it's, that in the show notes. And there's a bunch of memories from that VHS too that come to mind. You got newspaper mama eating on a plane down on the corner done by dogs yes yes it's it's just a a very solid half hour of enjoyable content and i'm you're nostalgic i am very pleased whenever something brings that back to my mind yep yep yes cool there's a theme in this film that's sort of relevant to film history, and that's overdubbing actors with other actors, particularly when they can't sing. Mm-hmm. First of all, hire actors that can sing and act, <laughs> please. And then you go into animation and the history of animation, and it's full of acting and singing duos. Yep. And, uh, it is, it's a thing. <laughs> And it continues to be a mm. thing. There, there is certainly in my recent memory movies where actors have been redubbed with another actor's voice. The one that springs to mind that, that is a little old, 1983 Krull. The female actor in that, all of her dialogue was dubbed over by another actress, if I remember rightly. Um, now I'm going <laughs> to... The, the first 10 to 15 Bond movies, if you had even a, a vaguely exotic Bond girl, chances are overdubbed by someone else entirely. Yep. And that's not singing even. That's just normal overdubbing. Okay, here, here we are from Wikipedia. Lisette Anthony as Princess Lisa. Lisa. Mm-hmm. So the main female character. Her voice was redubbed by American actress... I think she had an English accent. Her voice was redubbed by American actress Lindsay Krauss as the producers wanted the princess to have a more mature sounding voice. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Big Harsh, woof. Eh? Um. <laughs> I, I brought up Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat earlier, and the reason the cast was so big was because almost all of the roles there had a singing double on, like, a bandstand mm-hmm. off to the side. Yep. So the the singing was voiced by someone Well, else. Is that... I can't remember exactly what happened, because I feel like the people on the stage might have also been singing. Right. It... Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to get the DVD. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The definitely legitimate DVD. Definitely mm. no illegitimate DVDs have no, ever been produced ever, ever by any school production. It is covered by ever strict copyright laws. Definitely, um, definitely oh, not. Going back to Kroll, mm-hmm. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane. Uh huh. He didn't have a big part, but he did have a part. But his voice was <laughs> dubbed over by a fellow British actor, Michael Elphick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Yeah, yeah. Just, weird. Just get it right. <laughs> I I don't have anything else to no. to say. It is just when it is good, it is very very good. Mm. But when it is bad, 
It is horrid. Yeah. Is <laughs> my unprofessional, what do I know, opinion. Mm. Well, I know. We've only made however many episodes here. <laughs> it still doesn't make us... Uh, it's it's a matter of opinion, isn't it? Yeah. Personal opinion. If any of you dear listeners wish to pitch in and tell us we're wrong, please go ahead. Or tell us we're right. Yes. We'd like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I keep on referring to the Emperor's New Clothes films where the general public opinion is influenced mm. by so many things, mm-hmm. including peer pressure. This is one of those Emperor's New Clothes films mm. mm-hmm. where popular opinion is wrong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it we're, yeah. we're right and you're wrong yes, the end that's right <laughs> so on on that note yeah we might move on <laughs> the following segment needs a little more time in the oven it's done now congratulations to lee good on you lee waterproofing a bunch of equipment <laughs> And also catching up on the podcast. And what a way to do it. Yeah. Moving. I hate moving with a passion. So much so, it causes so much trauma, I do not remember moving into this house. And that was only 10 years ago. Yeah. I do not remember doing it. Admittedly, I was in a very, very bad place mentally Mm -hmm. at that time, but I don't remember doing it. It's it's crazy. There there are little snippets. I remember um, there was a couch that we decided we weren't going to bring from our old place to here. So I remember chopping that up with an axe uh, <laughs> in the backyard of the the old place. But other than that, mm, does my head in moving. So uh, <laughs> if our podcast was able to relieve some of that stress, I, then I don't know that. We still have in this room, at least, any furniture from the old house no, left. Nothing no. at all from the old place. Everything has slowly. My bed is from the old place. <laughs> There's a couple of speakers that, uh, mm-hmm. but but only because I had them before I got married. So. And Lee also writes in to note that the rat-like teeth mm. on Nosferatu were probably a. Copyright dodge. Yes, yes. He he does link to a decent article that that I'm going to say from reading it, it it sounds like it's quite likely. (laughs) And and interesting to know that it was really Christopher Lee Mm -hmm. who made the fangs at the side a thing. Right. So so it's only like a 60-year-old thing is the fangs at the side there were a couple of versions from other countries that did have the the side fangs but yeah it was christopher lee that really made it a thing of course labeling it a copyright dodge is all well and good but i should remind you that the film in its original german form did have in the opening titles a card (laughs) saying inspired by bram stoker's dracula yeah so not particularly effective then (laughs) Uh, yes, we're, we're definitely not copying your thing, we no. say, as we show that we're copying your thing. No. I should also point out, whilst we're talking about that film, uh, I did say last week that Into Osferatu brought to my attention the existence of a film loosely based on the, <laughs> the making of Nosferatu, and that has arrived in the mail. So 
I have added it to our list. I, I was thinking about just straight up putting it as our next episode, but I don't think... I, I think I need a, a random thing. Uh-huh. So, but that's that's getting ahead of ourselves. But thank you again, Entu Osferatu, for, well, for putting that on our list. Not too far ahead of ourselves, because I think we've run out of things specifically worth bringing up. That's right. <laughs> we, we have, so let's do, move on. Do write in. If you have any comments, yep. and maybe it'll be worth bringing up, or maybe it won't. Who's, who's to say? Who's to say? It is not me. No, it is. Is it? It's us. It's both of us. <sighs> what? Next week. No, I, I yeah. thought I thought our executive producer decided all of that. Who is our executive producer? Who can say? Is it Coco? It's Coco, the yeah. deranged cat. Yes. Yeah. We, we're, we we're put in all your studio. submissions, uh, we print them out. Yep. And then shred them and stick the shredded paper into the kitty litter. Uh-huh. And whichever yep. he wheezes on first, mm-hmm. that is included in the episode. Yeah. Well, it's his studio. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need to end, I think. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Okay. And speaking of endings, pick a film for next week so we can go to bed. It's your turn. It is my turn. All right. So, yeah, I. I what do you feel? Do, do you? Do you th- oh, I, I. I don't I, have any opinion. I think Nosferatu is going to be fairly firmly fixed in our minds mm-hmm. into the future. So we'll just. Uh, I have stuck it into the barrel. So it may come up today but i'm gonna do a random shake rooney i am disappointed that we didn't take the opportunity to watch beetlejuice oh. during the halloweeny season well that's because that's something to put on the pile it is on the pile oh, I think, yeah i yeah. think you may oh, yeah. uh, have it and i think i've got it on there as well but i want some randomness so I'm going to you, you've now jinxed it and it's going to be one of those it two. is it is going to be one of those Okay. Is it one of those two? No, it's not. Right. However, it is one that I have marked as wanting a revisit. Uh-huh. And you have marked as interested in watching. Uh-huh. Okay. So, 100 years in the future, two astronauts are sent to uncover the secrets of a duplicate Earth on the other side of the sun. When their journey ends three weeks early with a crash landing, they must embark on a life-or-death mission to determine whether they have arrived back home or are on the strange mirror world. This imaginative space adventure offers a journey few will ever forget. It's on my list, but I can't remember it. It is. The screenplay is by Jerry Anderson. Okay. Who created Thunderbirds and Fireball XL5. And Captain Scarlet. Captain Scarlet. Uh, UFO. Mm-hmm. Okay, its original title uh-huh. is Doppelganger. Right. But it was renamed, as far as this disc is concerned, and it was made a year after I was born. Right. So it is old. Would be, Very, yes. very old. Uh-huh. It is in colour. Well, <laughs> uh, is it Journey to the Far Side of the Sun? It is indeed a Journey to the there Far Side go. of the Sun. Got there. Yep. 
I could have named a whole bunch of actors, but I don't think that would have been very helpful. <laughs> it took a while for me to scroll down to see it, because I usually have mine sorted by uh, date added to collection, and ah. it's in the initial dump back in March of 2013. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so A Journey to the Far Side of the Sun, screenplay by Jerry Anderson, not directed by him, but I believe that his team did a lot of the effects in it. Right. From recollection. And you've already read the description. I have. Yes. So we're going to wrap up. Yeah. We hope that you can join us. I don't think A Journey to the Far Side of the Sun is streaming on anything. I could be wrong. Thomas is going to just double check. We've got it on a British disc. Yes. It it, it was an obscure... um, I watched it when I was really, really young at a, a friend's place just down the road. And it stuck... There were certain bits of it that stuck with me. I was probably only 10 or 11, maybe? And then stumbled upon the name of it. Uh, because I, I didn't even know the name of it and had to get a copy. It is obscure enough that nothing mm. even comes up as a search result right. if I so stick it into Doc just Right, doesn't work. Uh, any accents on that? Yes, over the A, there's an umlaut. Uh, not from 93, not from 2003, not from 2012. No. No. 1969. Nope. Nope. Sorry, people. You can't watch it. We're going to talk about a film that is obscure enough that you can't watch it. Yep. <laughs> Unless you have your own British copy of it as well. <laughs> However, it may well be something that you all watched as 9 or 10 or 11-year-old kids growing up. So you may have some input into this. <laughs> we- <laughs> we'll find out. We should wrap up. We were told to wrap up before 9.30. Oh, okay. We're wrapping yes. up. I hope you can join us, and until next week, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Cellulose Free. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Cellulose Free is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. We keep track of our extensive physical media collection through my movies, which we highly recommend. You can find links to that, as well as other places you can find us in the show notes. Cellulose Free is a High Hello production. Bye. Quick, hit stop. Stop. With stop. Yes. Stop. Let the deranged cat in. Phlamoxicillin, you say? Yes. It's a antibiotic that gets confused. And there's a 50-50 chance that it'll actually start attacking your own cells rather than the biological invader.